Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2817. So it's an Obi-Wan Monday and we're talking about a story that he saw fit to tell Luke Skywalker about Yoda of all people. <laughs> and we'll explain how it is that Luke could have heard a Yoda story in the years between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back and not know who Yoda was. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So this story is another installment from the Journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We've talked about a couple of those over the last couple of Mondays and this one isn't so much about Obi-Wan as it is about Yoda and a story that Yoda conveyed to Obi-Wan but there are elements of Obi-Wan's own story in there including an encounter that he has on Tatooine that's not dated like we don't necessarily know when in the timeline it happens, but I think just by you know, the progress of how the stories have been unfolding, it seems kind of likely that this moment happens prior to the events of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but can't really say for sure. But I will say that that particular encounter bears on the events of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series in a very direct way. But we'll get to that in just a moment. I'm going to lay the groundwork here for you really quick. So this Yoda's Secret War story arc takes place, issues 26 through 30. And the gist of it has to do with the fact that C-3PO has been taken captive by the Empire and nobody's going to rescue him yet but R2-D2 goes and R2 takes his own X-Wing, Luke goes after him with a different astromech, R2 threatens that astromech to shut down Luke's hyperdrive and takes off. So that's what you need to know about that, like we'll get into the whole Scar Squadron and all that at some later date. But anyway, while Luke is floating in space waiting for his astromech to reactivate the hyperdrive systems, he kills the time by thumbing through the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Obi-Wan relates a story of how Yoda had sensed a disturbance in the Force and he ended up following it to some planet where there were a bunch of pirates and the pirates were holding a child who was Force-sensitive captive and Yoda showed up and they were like, yeah, you can't have him unless you give us money and we'll kill you if you don't. And so Yoda beat a whole room of pirates and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan show up <laughs> to help the kid or help you know, Yoda because Yoda feels a different disturbance in the Force that he has to go investigate. But Obi-Wan is looking at the room full of pirates that Yoda has defeated and he's like, holy how, how did he do that? So that's the brief Padawan moment for Obi-Wan that appears in here. And so Yoda goes off to investigate this disturbance he feels, and it's to a system called the Vagadar system, which does not appear on any star charts, and that's usually not a good sign. And so when he goes there, he finds that there are two warring groups of children, rock hawkers and mud whackers, and the rock hawkers are definitely dominating the mud whackers. The mud Whackers haven't been able to fight back and there's this 
stone that has sort of, you know, force-like properties to it, but it's a kind of force property that Yoda doesn't necessarily understand, and he can't really defend himself against. So like when these mudwhackers who are force sensitive and the rock hawkers who are force sensitive, they call it stone power and they're throwing stones at Yoda and he can't block them because he's not able to deal with it. It basically is like kryptonite for Yoda, at least at the beginning. So he offers to help the Mudwhackers, and he goes to the Rockhawkers, and the Rockhawkers take him captive, and they say, you've got to go find the heart of the mountain. So they're up at this mountain, and there's some force power or something like that emanating from within the mountain, very strong, and they've sent other people into the caves to go find this heart of the mountain, and no one's ever come out. So there's a whole <laughs> very sort of Lord of the Rings hobbity thing like that. And while Yoda is in the cave, he encounters this kid, Garrow, who is a rock hawker, but was considered cowardly and weak for some reason, and was banished into the cave, sent to search for the heart of the mountain. And Yoda says, you can help me. I will be your student. Please be my master and teach me the ways of stone power so I can learn what to do on this planet. And this is one of the main messages that is being conveyed by this story and that Yoda essentially conveys to Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan decides to convey through the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi to Luke, is that a Jedi Master must humble himself before he can ever really become powerful. And this kid does, so Yoda learns, and then they eventually find the heart of the mountain, which is actually a heart because it's actually a living creature, and Yoda comes to find after communing with the stone creature and you know, giving some of his life force to the creature along with Gara, like they meditate together and they find out that throughout history there had been these giant stone beings and people drove them to their knees, the rock hawkers and mud uh, whackers and their ancestors, and they basically either you know went underground or became mountains, and yet they were still being exploited by the people on the planet and used for you know, their own greed and their own powers and whatnot. So you know, they managed to wake the last living stone giant and as a result the giant is like thank you and lets them go out of the mountain and so Yoda and Garo come back and the rock hawkers are like nobody's ever survived how did you do it and Yoda won't tell a secret but Garo does in order to get back in with his tribe so Garo teaches the rest of his fellow rock hawkers how to commune with this giant living stone creature and they basically managed to control it and send it off to kill the mud whackers and put an end to the war that way. Yoda has a completely amazing size matters not moment as you might expect and a you shall not pass moment another sort of Lord of the Ringsy kind of thing and ultimately I mean I guess you could say he defeats the giant stone being but essentially what happens is the other stone beings are not dead they're just asleep and they end up coming up and helping out in the situation where eventually the rock beings are living in peace but all of the rock hawkers and the mud whackers, once they realize, oh, you know, there's a world beyond now because Yoda came from the sky, they apparently start you know, 
somehow being able to build ships and leaving the world until ultimately at one point Garrow is the only one left. But Garrow at least leaves the planet at some point too because this is where it bears into the whole Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. So there's a scene in what is sort of the present day, if you will, which I think is about still a year or so prior to the events of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series where Obi-Wan is in town and there's apparently going to be a duel, some kind of shootout involving Greedo, in fact. And ultimately Obi-Wan is in the neighborhood and says, you know, like they're threatening each other and does a mind trick saying, why don't we get a drink instead? And Greedo and this other character are like, yeah, why don't we get a drink instead? And they take off and other people around are like, oh man, I was betting on Greedo and whatnot. But a mysterious hooded figure happens to witness this and says, hey you, I see your power. And Obi-Wan's like, are you talking to me? And this person's like, yeah, you think your power is going to last forever, but it's not. And I guess, you know, there's an implication that these things fade away and he pulls off his hood and he has markings on his forehead that are similar to this Garrow character that we meet in the flashback story. And the words of advice he gives to Obi-Wan Kenobi, he says, if this is your mountain, hold fast to it. And whatever you do, never leave the cave. If this is your mountain, hold fast to it and never leave the caves. So, you know, it's kind of funny that we see Obi-Wan in a cave setting in the trailer and also in the photos that were released by Entertainment Weekly as well, especially when we've obviously seen his humble abode in A New Hope and also in other storytelling too. But naturally, that's not what's happening here. Like when this guy, presumably Garo, says this, it's about his own experience on his planet and about the mountain that he found himself within and the idea of never leaving the caves. Well, yeah, that's uh, a whole other situation. It's kind of an unusual lesson that he seemed to learn from all of this. And it's also interesting in light of the fact that Obi-Wan is obviously not going to hold fast to his mountain. He is going to leave the caves, as it were. And so, yeah, I thought that was a really neat kind of line. And I cannot imagine in 2016 that there was any way <laughs> that they had a sense of what was going to be happening with Obi-Wan Kenobi in developing this series and how that would turn out. So that's just one of those serendipitous, amazing things. And... As we've talked about in the show about the possibility of there being another Force-sensitive person or another, you know, radiating the Force person on Tatooine, not just Obi-Wan Kenobi, that possibly could draw the Inquisitors there. So this particular person, this Garrow, ought not to be it. And the reason why I say that is because Obi-Wan didn't seem to sense Garrow in his presence in the first place. And even though Garrow was saying like, I can see your light, I can see your power, Obi-Wan couldn't necessarily say the same thing about Garrow, it seems, at least not from Obi-Wan's reaction to things. So this Garrow character, it would be fascinating <laughs> if this was the person because Garrow does definitely live beyond the events of A New Hope, but Ooh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's going to be another solution to that. You just kind of wonder, though, because comic stuff, you know, has happened. It's shown up. Like, Kersantan is one example right there, and a very recent one, too. 
Anyway, so that's what you need to know about Yoda's Secret War in the Star Wars comics issues 26 through 30 as it bears on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.